0: Hey guys, Small on the Outside is a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. So if you've ever gone into our past, into our history, into our archives, if you will, you'll have noticed all the different TV shows that we talk about. So we've talked a lot about Doctor Who, about Sherlock, but we've also talked about 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, and now Smallville. And guess what? I have a plan for the future. I'm not going to tell you about it, though, because I want to keep it a surprise, You'll just have to wait and see. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, because the next show we talk about might be your favorite. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Smuller podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the hero for you today. And while I normally have a co-host with me, this season is a one-man show, as so we're covering Smallville. That's right, everyone. Mono E. Mono, just you and me. Last week, we took a look at the fourth season of the show, which you know, had uh, one of the first actual season arcs that most of the characters were actually involved with, but also had a bit of filler episodes. Then this week, we're looking at season five, which is the season that gave Clark a little bit more importance and had an okay seasonal arc, but not quite as great as season four. Uh, like last season, the season's not a stranger to fill out episodes, but as a whole, I'd probably say the fifth season's better than the fourth. But we'll talk about the main storylines that season five focuses on in a minute. First, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Take it away, Moon. Welcome back now! The fifth season of Smallville does have an arc that's not focused on as much as the last season. Season 4 told you from the very first episode what they were trying to do. The only thing that remained a mystery came down to what would happen once their task was completed. This season clearly had a season arc that revolved around General Zod, but it's not readily clear as to how Zod's connected to anything or anybody, at least not until the end of the season. Instead, it all flows through the mysterious character of Milton Fine, played by none other than James Marsters of Buffy Fame. Milton Fine is later revealed to be Brainiac, a major Superman character and villain, and his entire story revolves around trying to discover a way to release Zod from the Phantom Zone. He first attempts to manipulate Clark into turning against Jarrell and using the Fortress Assault to release Zod. When that doesn't work, he fakes his own death and goes into hiding in Honduras until he discovers a new method of bringing Zod back. This time, he brings him back through a vessel, Lex Uther. jor wants Clark to use a Kryptonian blade to kill Zod's vessel, which he instead uses against Brainiac when he can't bring himself to use it on Lex. This action allows Zod to fully take over Lex's body by the end of the season and sends Clark into the Phantom Zone, sends Metropolis into a violent frenzy and leaves Lois, Martha, Chloe, and Lionel all in a different life or death predicament. So let's break this down character by character. Clark Kent. So far in the series, this is probably the strongest season for Clark on an independent level. In the first half of the season, we have Clark working side by side with Milton Fine, believing him to be another Kryptonian who he can ask questions to and receive answers for that... Maybe jor was incapable, or perhaps completely unable, to answer. This friendship turns to more of a rivalry when he discovers that Milton Fine has an ulterior motive, although it's not very clear at this point what that motive is. That story ends when Clark kills him with the Kryptonian Blade, but that just opened Pandora's box with Alex and Zod. There's also his story when it comes to dealing with the aftermath of Jonathan's eventual death and what to do with the fact that Lionel knows his secret. Finally, we have his and Lana's relationship, which turns to a lot of hurt feelings once he gets his abilities back and has to shield her from the truth in order to save her life. And then he had to deal with the fact that she consoled with Lex. Lex Luthor. Speaking of Lex, continuing a bit from last season, Lex's and Lana's friendship grows a bit stronger in the season as a whole, and quite frankly, creepier, especially given Lex's massive descent to being evil. I wouldn't necessarily call him evil this season, as much as I might call him a douche. He no longer wants to help anyone but himself, and taking Lana away from Clark is a way of benefiting himself and watching Clark squirm. But throughout the series, Lex is shown to take actions that one might consider slightly evil, so there is that. One of his main storylines is side-by-side with Jonathan, and that's basically his entire run for state senate. It's not focused on much, since most of his focus is actually on the Kent's run, but after that we have a minor side story about creating a vaccine out of the most deadly viruses found on the planet to create a super cure for basically everything which just turns out to be a ploy by Milton Fine to control Lex and prepare him for Zod's arrival. Lionel Luther. Now, while you don't really know it for the most part, you later discover that Lionel knows Clark's secret, and for for some reason or another, he wants to help keep it a secret. It's hinted at that he may have an ulterior motive in mind, but if he does, it's not really talked about much. Instead, he seems like he genuinely wants to help, and he's a changed man. Again, which, like I said before, the question on where his loyalties lie seems to be up in the air. It would appear in the last season that he reverted back to his evil old self, but this season he again seems to be genuinely concerned, and he wants to help. His main story comes down to the fact that he's a vessel for Jarrell, though Jarrell only comes out once. He does send Lionel a few messages that forces Lionel to write down for Clark, and the main message was that. Zod is coming. Lana Lang. Oh, poor, poor Lana. I feel bad for her, because up to this point in the series, Lana has held extreme importance into the direction of every season. And in general, it's all about finding herself and becoming this strong, independent woman. She's gone from ending the stance that she's just some basic girl, and she quit the cheerleading team. And she went and became a business owner of the Talon when she was still in high school single-handedly figured out who her biological father was walked out of her aunt's house and lived with chloe to stay independent and not in the control of nell then she moved to paris to discover what life was all about outside of smallville she studied art and the mystery surrounding the countess isabel and the stones of power this season though it's all about her random dependence on men first of all it's all about dating clark And now, throughout the season, she's dating him, and then he he dumps her. And when Clark dumps her, she first tries to kill herself in the Flatliners episode, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then she rebounds with Lex. It's sad, but true. That's her entire storyline in season five. It's all about guys and needing them. Now, I'm not a crazy feminist by any means, but I do believe in keeping a character and their personality continuity intact which they just don't this season. It's weird and sad, and Lana's really starting to get annoying at this point. Chloe Sullivan. Chloe was the odd man out this time around. She didn't have a major storyline outside of finding work at the Daily Planet again, and maybe maybe reintroducing the idea that she's crazy because of family history reasons. I suppose one thing that's important this season is the fact that she reveals to Clark that she knows his secret, which strengthens their bond in general and gives them more of a solid friendship than seen previously. Lois' Lane. main storyline this season came down to being a campaign manager, first for Jonathan and later for Martha. It doesn't really feel that much like a Lois Lane-specific role, but she does fit well into that area, and at least it gave her some importance this season instead of being reduced to the basic unknowing helper for Clark like she was last season. The Kents. This is probably the Kent's strongest season because they both held importance in the season. Albeit the same kind of importance, but importance nonetheless. The first half of the season dealt with Jonathan's run for office against Lex, and when he wins, he dies, and for some reason, the Senate allows Martha to take his seat. So she deals with the political side of things while attempting to grieve Jonathan's passing at the same time. Another thing is to mention After Jonathan's death, Martha starts to grow closer to Lionel. So close, in fact, that she has to inform him that friends is all they will ever be. Let's not forget, Lana said the same thing to Lex before they started dating. Just just saying, just saying. Now, even though General Zod was a big part of the foundation of the season, it's not Zod's season, and neither is season six. That's not really until the final season or two, but... I guess spoiler alert, other than that, the season had quite a few filler episodes, or at the very least, mostly filler episode, but even when they're filler, they are good, so yeah. Now apart from the season in question storylines, there are also a handful would have liked to call series landmark episodes, so let's look at those. The first episode of Season 5 was a landmark episode as we finally get to see the Fortress of Solitude getting built, which is one of those few sequences in the show uh, that I consider incredibly, incredibly memorable. Heck, the introduction to the the mere idea that Zod's on his way is a bit of a landmark concept. We also have Chloe revealing what she knows to Clark, which isn't a landmark for her, but is for him and how he acts with her. Also, we have a bit of some liquid brainiac showing up, which is also definitely landmark for his character he is a superman major superman character so yeah all in all the first episode's incredibly incredibly important very landmark i would say the next landmark episode is probably the fourth episode as that introduces you to aquaman i believe the episode's entitled aqua arthur curry funny fact i had just just finished watching the uh the movie Aquaman the day before I rewatched this episode, so it was really, really difficult for me not to compare the two, and it's really apples and oranges. The episode itself isn't that important, but the character is for Justice League reasons, so that's why I call it Landmark. The seventh episode of season five is the next Landmark episode. That's because we are introduced to Silver Kryptonite don't really think that Silver K is used that much later, since it's a variation of Kryptonite created by Brainiac, but it does affect Clark, unlike any other stuff, so it is important. The 12th episode of Season 5 is called Reckoning. It's another landmark episode because it's actually the 100th episode of the show, and it's mostly just important because of who died in the episode, which was Jonathan. I think... I think when it originally aired on TV, it was one of those extremely spoilery commercials that hinted, one of these people will die. Who will it be? Um, that you you used to see back in the early 2000s or mid-2000s or whatever. They didn't care so much about spoilers, so the entire episode was a bunch of red herrings about who's going to possibly die. But then again, you knew somebody was going to from the a few episodes ago when Clark made a deal with jor So is it really a spoiler? I guess the fact that it happens in this episode, but other than that, eh, it's all right. Uh, The 15th episode was the season had a landmark, same reason Aquaman got a landmark, it's uh, because it introduced you to another Justice League character, Cyborg. Again, episode's not that memorable, it doesn't really do a lot of important things, but it's important because it's Cyborg, so there you go. Finally, this finale of the season was a landmark episode because the first real introduction to General Zod's there and Clark being sent into the Phantom Zone. Lots of things happened in this episode that are also important, but those are the main landmark things. Uh, so let's go ahead and break the season down episode by episode. Arrival is the first episode of Season 5. I call this one The One with Zod's Disciples. If you ever saw the uh, original Superman movies, you would have remembered the one with Zod. I believe that was Superman 2. Uh, it had um, Terrence Stamp, who played Zod, who's playing uh Jor-El in the show, which is just interesting. But what was interesting was it didn't only have Zod. Zod had a couple of disciples with him when he re- came to Earth, and this episode had the two disciples, not Zod. Um, but they were there to find Clark to help create a uh, world of Krypton on Earth and to help Zod come there. Um, but that's the most interesting thing about that episode. Um, we have some things about Clark and Lana. They kiss in the episode. Uh, you find out Lex has the spaceship, which drips out the liquidy brainiac guy. Um, you have the Fortress of Solitude. You have, in general, Lex just being more of a douche than normal. You find out Chloe knows Clark's secret, and she says to Clark, I think it's time for Super Clark mode now. Um, You have Lionel being possessed by jor You have hints of the Phantom Zone and that spinning uh, glass cage that you see in the movies. Uh, Just a whole lot of things. The... The fortress getting created, like I said before, was one of the most memorable elements in the show in general. Uh, you actually actually see shots of the Superman movie, the first Superman movie, when Clark is getting told some of Krypton's history, which is just a nice little tidbit there. Uh, and the episode ends with Clark being powerless. Like I said, every season, at some point, clark loses his powers and this season it's a little bit more than most because he loses his powers for an extended amount of time the one with the bell reeve crazies is what i call mortal which is the second episode of season five i just thought of something did they call bell reeve because of christopher reeve or was bell reeve actually in the comics i don't know i feel like i should look that up i don't know uh It's not a super important episode. I'll be honest. It's kind of mostly filler. Uh, The entire episode revolves around a test given to see if Clark has powers that that Lex hands out. Uh, But at this point, like I said, Clark has lost his powers. So the test only shows Lex that he's a normal kid. Um, So he's dumbfounded to see that Clark can get hurt and can bleed. But that's as far as importance goes in this episode. Hidden is uh, the one with the nuclear missiles is what I call it. It's episode three. Um, what's important about this episode or what's memorable is Clark gets shot and he dies because that's part of him being mortal. And it kind of jump starts one of his main storylines this season. And that's Jarrell bringing him back to life, bringing his powers back. But because he does that, he expects somebody that Clark loves that is close to him to die to take his place. Which happens at some point in this episode. We already know that happens in, in the 12th episode with Jonathan. But there are some red herrings throughout the season from this point forward. Uh, what's important to note in this episode, we have a little bit of uh, Lionel being possessed by Jarrell. He's drawing the symbol for Zod. Um, and, uh, what's memorable is th- there's this moment where there's an almost flight. Clark needs to stop the missile. The missile's already flown up into the sky a bit, and Clark, you know, ducks down and he jumps, super jumps onto the missile, but it looks like a flight. There's a few, there's actually a, a couple of moments in the season where he does this, where he acts like he's about to fly, but it's really just a big super leap. The Super Leap teases. (sighs) Episode 4 is called Aqua. I call this one the one with Aquaman. Obviously, this is one of the landmark episodes because it's Aquaman. And basically, that's as far as importance goes. Clark attends college in this season. And one of his professors is actually Milton Fine. Brainiac. I would like to see the process that Brainiac went to become a... uh, professor at a college, but you know what? Never mind. Uh, you also a little bit more into the idea that Lex is a douche slash evil because he's investigating Aquaman and he doesn't seem very caring when it comes down to Aquaman needing water to survive. Other than that, though, it's not a super important episode, like I mentioned. It's just the fact that Aquaman is in it. And that's that. Oh, boy. Episode 5, Thirst. The one with the vampires. I remember the two episodes of the series that I disliked the most. One was witches, one was vampires. This is the other infamous episode, in my opinion, for the series. And it's even less important. The witches was important because it had the Countess Isabel Thoreau. But this one, it's just vampires. Uh... What, where's the importance lie? I don't know Brainiacs in the episode. he's still teaching. Uh, he visits the ship at Luther Corp and he, he uses his abilities for the first time and he stabs somebody. Uh, and you see that Chloe starts to work at the Daily planet for the uh, again for the first time. but these are just hints for what's to come in the rest of the uh, the season. This episode in general is just about hey, look at this. Lana's a freaking vampire. Woohoo! I, oh yeah, and one of the um, one of the characters' name is Buffy Sanders, and they make the joke of Buffy the Vampire, and they just don't say Slayer because that didn't exist. Must be a W.B. joke. Um, and uh, Carrie Fisher's in this episode, randomly, but she is, so that's interesting at least. X. Exp- Exposed is the sixth episode of the season. I call this one the one with the Dukes of Hazzard. Um, Also, incredibly, incredibly filler episode. Not much is actually important to the season. Um, A lot of people might remember this one for uh, the stripping scene that Lois is a stripper at. Uh, She's undercover to find out who the bad guy is in the episode, and uh, that's about it. It's it's memorable because of the uncomfortable um, silence between her and Clark, who's at the club also investigating the same mystery. Um, but honestly, it's not that important, other than the fact that it introduces you to the idea that Jonathan might run for state senate, because his uh, co-character, co- uh, co-actor, co-colleague person that he played uh, apart from in Dukes of Hazard, was in this episode, who was running for state senate, caught, caught himself in a little bit of a scandal, so he left the race and told Jonathan that it might be a good idea for him to run for senate, and Jonathan takes the bait. Splinter is the 7th episode of the season. I call this one the one with the silver kryptonite. This is why I call it landmark. It's another ver- variation of kryptonite. It does something else to Clark. It basically just makes him paranoid. It makes him crazy. He makes he thinks everything's out to get him. Um and the silver kryptonite was created by Brainiac for that purpose for to help Clark trust him. Um a little bit more of Jonathan trying out for the Senate. You have a little bit of the Lana and Lex storyline because Lex shows her the ship, which starts their, I guess, other. It, it's not exactly a business venture because she's not in a business with him. It's more along the lines of a co curiosity thing that they're working on together. It's uh, it is what it is, but she likes him because he's being honest with her, unlike Clark who's one big lying piece of poop. Busy uh, poop? Yes, busy poop. Anyways, what happens that's interesting in that episode? It's just the fact that the entire episode would have been incredibly important if it was real, but a lot of it's in Clark's imagination. Solitude is the eighth episode of the season. I call this one the one with Martha's Kryptonian illness. So... Martha comes down with something pretty bad. She's basically dying, and Brainiac tells Clark Jarell did it, and the only way to to uh, heal your mom is to stop Jarell's hold on her by destroying the fortress. He gives him a black crystal to jam into the fortress, which he does, turns it red because what's happening is it's not destroying the fortress; it's creating a beacon to help uh, General Zod come forth. And Clark finds out that he's a liar, they, a fight ensues, and he kills Brainiac. Actually, he thinks he kills Brainiac. Brainiac only just feigns his death for a few episodes before coming back later. Uh, but what's interesting about this episode is everything is connected. Every, everything that's going on is connected. All right. So basically we have Jonathan Senate, right? It's mentioned in passing, but Lois is helping him do the Senate. So Lois needs to find out what's going on in Lex's closet that might help um look bad on his Senate run. Uh she has Chloe help her investigate Lex's closet. They find the spaceship. Well, Chloe finds the spaceship. And she notices Milton Fine coming out of the spaceship in liquid form. Notice that he's not Kryptonian. So she has to help save the day and she goes into the caves and she goes back to the Fortress of Solitude and uh, saves Clark which helps destroy Milton Fine. Um, You also have Chloe at the Daily Planet because Lionel's congratulating her for getting the job there and tells her to investigate Milton Fine which leads her to that Uh, also helps lead her to the warehouse to figure out something about him as well. So everything in this episode is actually connected. So I would say this is a pretty well-written episode. It's also very important. It's not exactly landmark, but it is a very cool episode because it had Zod, it had all the characters, it had basically all the different important things going on at the same time too, which is not normally something you see in the middle of the season, just mostly in the beginning in the finale, maybe the uh, season mid-season finale, but this was just a random episode, and it's cool to see that. So yeah, now on to one of my personal favorite episodes of the season. It's called Lexmas. It's episode nine. I call this one the one with the Family Man because, essentially speaking, if you've ever seen the movie with Nick Cage called The Family Man, that's what it is. It both both of those are take place during Christmas time and both is a magical viewing of what life could be um if you didn't make certain decisions and the reason why Lex ends up making the wrong decision is to save Lana's life because in this alternate reality where he's married to Lana where Clark is married to Chloe and Lex has a child Lana is having another one Lana dies and it's her death that he wants to make sure doesn't happen, so he makes the decision to keep running against Jonathan. Basically, the idea was, if he gave up the Senate run, that's the possibility that could have ended up with him. It's a it's an inter- interesting episode because it's not just a fun Christmas special. It has a lot of truth to it about his relationship with Lana and how it could have been versus what it turns out to be by the end of this season, which is actually kind of interesting. Basically, the entire episode is pretty important. But yeah, it's really interesting because, let's see, Clark is a full-fledged reporter at the Daily Planet. Jonathan won the senator's seat in his imagination. But that's just it. That actually, Both of those things actually happen in the show and the relationship with Lana. The only thing that's different is it's not all lovey-dovey funny. It's dark because he made the wrong choice. But I do like this episode. It's a fun Christmas special. Fanatic is the 10th episode of the fifth season. I call this one the one with Lex's assassin groupies. All right, so what happens in this episode? It's all about the Jonathan Lex Senate run thing. So it's all about Lex trying to knock Jonathan out of the race and how his disciples that he hires decide to go against his orders out of an obsession with Lex and assassinate Jonathan. He makes it out alive and Martha decides to take Lionel up on an offer to fund the campaign because they're running out of money. Now Clark and Lana, now that he has his abilities back, it's not so easy to be in a real relationship as he's afraid to physically harm her by losing control. Uh, Lana's investigating the meteor showers because she saw the ship in the most recent meteor shower and she decides to look back into the first one and saw that something didn't land like the others. What, What if there was another ship in the first meteor shower? I don't think they actually go back to that question, actually come to think of it, after I just finished the season. She just mentions it in passing and never mentions it again, weirdly enough. Now, I'm not trying to logically explain the methods of a deranged fanatic in this episode, by the way, but what kind of girl obsessed with Lex would think shaving her head would make her more attracted to him? That's some single white female shenanigans right there. Everyone knows he likes brunettes because they remind him of his mother. Well, then again, he does have a hard time loving anybody but himself, so maybe Bald isn't bad. That's a little thought for the day for you guys. Lockdown is the 11th episode of the fifth season. I call this one the one with the panic room. Weirdly enough, this season has a few episodes that are very much like other horror films, and you'll see as they go along what I mean by that. But this is like, well, Panic Room with Jodie Foster and, what is it, Kristen Stewart. Um, He, Lex, his life is uh, threatened. So he goes into his own panic room while two bad cops try to kill him and force him to tell him where that big old triangular ship was. Where did he hide it? The problem is, at this point... Milton Fine is acting like he's dead. Brainiac's acting like he's dead. So he took his ship with him. So the ship's gone. And Lex has no idea where it went. Uh, throughout the episode, Lana comes to Lex's aid. Ends up in the panic room with him. Uh, she learns about the fact that the ship's gone. Uh, it upsets her a little bit because they were working on it together. So now, in order to work on it together, they have to figure out where it went in the first place. Uh, a little bit more of the Jonathan and Senator stuff. Jonathan finds out about Lionel's money contribution and he decides that he's not going to be a pawn to Lionel and he's going to say he's going to decide to pay it back. Uh, Lana's just being needy in this episode because she's all dependent on men and uh, Clark finds out Lana's been working with Lex researching the ship and it's all just this big dramatic show. It's not that important, but that does have some importance to it. So, yeah. Reckoning is the 12th episode of the season. I call this one the one that's the 100th episode. Obviously, it's the 100th episode. That's how you're going to remember it. Uh, it's also the one where Jonathan dies, if you want to call it that. But, guys, there's so much happening in this episode that it's a wonder that they didn't even go with the two-hour special. So uh, so many red herrings about who's going to die. And because it's a time travel episode a little bit, um, they had to fit so much in with so little time, with just one uh, hour-long episode. Uh, Let's see. Clark tells Lana his secret. He proposes her marriage. She says yes. Jonathan gets elected into the Senate. And then, uh, Lex being jealous of the fact that Jonathan won Senate, also the fact that Lana decided to marry Clark, he chases after her in a drunken state after kissing her. And she's freaking out. She's driving. She gets hit by a truck or bus or something like that. And she dies. Clark hates this fact. Goes to Jarrell And jor says, you have a trial you have to do yet. So here you go. Gives him a crystal to go back in time and do the day all over again. It's not exactly Groundhog Day. Because he only gets one chance to redo it the right way. So he goes back. Instead of telling Lana his secret, he decides... Not to, and just kind of go along how he would normally do things if he didn't tell her. She gets so upset with the fact that he didn't tell her his secret. uh, With the fact that he was about to do something special for her, and then he just changed his mind all of a sudden. They yell, and they fight, and they get angry at each other. They fight, fight, fight. She goes to Lex anyways, tells him that, you know, we just had our last fight lies of the, the lie of the century by the way and uh, oh darn 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 he kisses her and she heads out upset again she's about to die again but that's not exactly what happens this time around because she's not as upset with lex as she was last time so she's not freaking out as much and she's able to figure out what's going around along her she lives but after Jonathan wins the Senate he gets a call from Lionel Luther to meet him in the Barn, in the Kent barn. Lionel shows Jonathan a piece of evidence, that says we need to keep this quiet since we just won. Uh, Jonathan freaks out, gets really upset, and he's gonna kill Lionel because that's just. He needs to protect Clark's secret, and he's, his, his heart gives out and he dies, and Lionel walks away. Um. <laughs> big episode it should have been two hours and each of the episode like a two-part special where one episode was one day and the second episode was the the day that he repeated it should not have been one episode there's just too much going on in the episode for it to happen but as it is it's still a special episode it is still memorable uh and still very important vengeance is episode 13 this is the one with batgirl but also supergirl but really neither Uh, i didn't know how to name this because this is a character that is actually in the comic books but she's presented as basically supergirl but is you know has more of a dark broody mood like batman so it's very confusing uh So basically, there's a vigilante going on in Metropolis. She works at the Daily Planet. She's a bumbling reporter with glasses that goes around saving people in a costume when she's not being her bumbling reporter self. They call her the Angel of Vengeance, and the music that plays in the background when we first meet her is very, very similar to Danny Elfman's theme music for Batman, yet her dual identity is so much closer to Kara Danvers' Supergirl, yet Like I said, she's neither. The episode really isn't that important in the long run. It's a mix between interesting and character development, as it also deals with grief and how Clark handles Jonathan's death, since his loss loss is similar to the Angel of Vengeance personal story of losing her father, something Lionel is also connected to, but Clark doesn't know this connection yet. The only thing... Important that happens here is Lex confronts Lionel and tells him that he knows he met Jonathan moments before his heart gave out. This, is, of course, is a successful blackmail attempt by Lex to take over Luthor. And once again, a storyline I usually don't care about that much, so I mostly paid it no mind, but it is slightly important. Episode 14 is called Tomb. I call this one The One with the Ghostly Possession. Uh, Because, honestly, guys, it really is a ghostly possession. Alright, it's really interesting to know this episode's uh, super paranormal, even though meteor rocks do have an influence on what's going on, since there's kryptonite found near the dead body. That just acts more like an explanation into the paranormal activity that's occurring and why it is. If there's ever an episode that deserved a connection with Supernatural... It was this episode. I say that because while they were both on air, Tom Welling was known to hang out with Jensen and Jared from Supernatural. Even when they were filming the show, Tom would hang out in the back of the Impala on the show, but I guess they'd have to approach the fact that Jensen looks quite a bit like Jason T. Uh, But throughout the series, they've given hints here and there that Chloe's not only crazy, but has a history of mental illness since her mother was in a mental institution. This episode furthered that storyline and got the audience really concerned that maybe she is crazy. She eventually gets some closure by the end of the episode when she confronts her inner demons and visits her mother in the insane asylum, and it's not as scary as she thought it would be. So as far as the importance goes in this episode, it's really about Chloe being crazy, but again, pretty basic and pretty forgettable, really not that important in the long run. Cyborg is episode 15. It's the other landmark episode where it shows you a Justice League character, Cyborg. It is important to note that the actor that played Cyborg in this episode, Lee Thompson Young, tragically took his own life shortly after his time on Smallville, which is really sad. He didn't have the longest line of appearances as a cast member on film or TV, but you could tell that he was a very talented young man. It's sad to know that after Smallville ended and everything, that this young kid took his life. Uh, What happened that was important in this episode? Not much. Um, There is a storyline about Lionel and Martha. This is kind of where their friendship kind of begins, because Martha's harassed by someone trying to blackmail her, because she gets a video of Clark saving Lana's life using his powers, and she asks Lionel to protect her, and to get this out of the public's eye, to get rid of this guy who's threatening her. And he does, and then he gets the video, and I'm thinking for the most part that he hired the guy to harass her, but I'm, I don't know, it just kind of seemed that way, I don't think that's necessarily clear enough. But by the end of this episode, you find out that Lionel does know Clark's secret, and that he calls him Kal-El. So, there's a little bit more to it than that. Hypnotic is the 16th episode of Season 5. I call this one The One with the Seductress, uh, played by uh, Nicole Hiltz. Yeah. So this episode had this girl who has magical power. She has a necklace that uh, has some kind of magical properties that does affect Clark because he is vulnerable to magic. Um she was hired by Lex to find out Clark's secret. Once again, he's trying to figure out what's going on with Clark. I think this, this season had most of Lex subtly, subtly investigating Clark. Not entirely sure why since he gave up that and now he's back on it again. I don't know. Uh, Brainiac is back, he's, we find out he's alive in this episode, Lex thinks he's a secret agent for some reason, by the end of the episode, you find out that there's not only one Brainiac, but a ton of them coming out of the ship, and the ship's also in Honduras and everything, um, yeah, Lex hired her for, like I said, to find out Clark's secret, but she won't tell him, because she wants to keep it for her own interests, uh, while he's with Simone, he's cheating on Lana because they didn't actually break up in this episode because Jonathan died, so she decided to stay with him. Remember, this happened before when she was dating Whitney. Whitney's father died, and she decided to keep dating him, at least for a short while. Um, but the fact of the matter is, he cheated on Lana with Simone in this episode, at least, just by kissing And so they break up. And Lana's like, you know, I know you were under a spell and you weren't acting like yourself. It's okay, Clark. It's okay. And Clark uses this opening window to actually fully break up with Lana because he's breaking her heart. He can't handle it anymore. So this is when they end their relationship. For good! (laughs) Ha! Not really. You just wait and see. Void is episode 17. I call this one the one with the flatliners. Like I mentioned before... When they broke up, Lana (laughs) resorted to killing herself. It's not exactly that simple. Uh, If you've ever seen the movie Flatliners with uh, Kiefer Sutherland or even the remake with Ellen Page, it's about this group of college students who help each other kill themselves in order to see the great beyond, to see their loved ones in the afterlife before they're brought back to life. And it becomes this really addictive process uh seeing the afterlife and that's basically what's happening in this episode like I mentioned before this season seems to like to take elements from other somewhat well-known movies and apply it to the show it's no longer being fully original it's it's taking elements from other stuff uh, what's happening in this episode that's important we have Martha Lionel Senate Martha informs Lionel that they can only be friends. Not anything more, and Lionel looks upset. Clark heads to Honduras because he figures out Mountain Vine's still alive. Uh, he also has visions of Jonathan when he dies in the episode, who warns Clark about Lionel, who knows Clark's secret, and he has to protect Martha. As far as Lex is concerned in this episode, Lex vision- envisions his mother, who says he has to stop the path he's on before he murders everyone, and he shows him his black glove that we keep seeing in visions of the future. But other than that, not a super, super, super important episode, but it does have things that are very, very interesting, to say the least. Fragile is the 18th episode. I call this one the one with the girl who controls glass. Now, this episode is mostly filler, but it helps Clark's personality stay grounded, which is often what happens with the episodes where Clark spends time with kids, as seen with the two Ryan episodes, the kid who grew up too too fast for his own good, and now with this young girl. There's been other episodes like it, but these were the main ones, so he spends a majority of the episode with this kid who needs his help, and the kid usually finds out about Clark's secret because kids are the future, or something like that. The episode, as far as importance goes, we have more of Lex and Lana growing closer together, a uh, little bit romantically speaking, and Chloe actually notices this romantic tension between the two, but she keeps it from Clark. Uh, Lana makes sure that Lex understands that their quote unquote friendship means a lot to her, basically friend zoning him, and then. They kiss and they make out, so it makes no sense. A couple of interesting things that happens in this episode, we have Callum Keith Renee, who is a big character in Battlestar Galactica, or big actor rather. I love him. He's he's a very not very well known actor, but I notice him in everything he is in. I think he's a very well <sighs> actor, well done actor that deserves more recognition. Another thing, Lex uses AOL video on his laptop. That's his method of watching videos. It's retarded. It's so stupid as far as product placement goes. I understand they have to do it, but who uses AOL video? Uh, also, this is Tom Welling's directile, directile, directal, di- di- directorial debut. Why can't I say directorial? What's wrong with me? Ah, anyways, it that, that is what it is mercy is the 19th episode of the season i call this one the one with the jigsaw killer so once again we're taking elements from other horror movies that are well known or maybe at least slightly well known this one's probably the most well known of the season uh it's basically saw the whole entire episode is basically saw lionel is taken captive and made to play these sick games that if he doesn't win he will die this gruesome brutal death and uh that's basically the episode. Uh Clark tells Martha in this episode that Lionel knows his secret and that she somewhat suspected it since she was being blackmailed with that video of Clark saving Lana and she trusted Lionel to destroy the tape. And uh, in the episode, Clark saves his mother and Lionel, revealing himself to Lionel, and they talk about how long he's known. Basically since he was possessed in the very end of the last season. Lionel calls Clark's son a couple of times in the episode, which makes Clark super mad. Uh, super mad or Superman? Ooh. Clark gets a Kryptonian message telepla- oh, Sorry, Lionel does. Lionel gets a Kryptonian message telepathically at the end of this episode, which he rushes at the end of the episode to write down. It's the first kind of time you see him write down something that's he's forced to write down since the beginning of the season when he wrote down the Zod symbol on the floor um lex and lana talk about their kiss in the last episode yeah fade is the 20th episode of the season i call this one the second one with the invisible man apparently they have completely forgotten the fact that the first season of smallville had an invisible man person a meteor freak and are they running out of ideas because they're having somebody else with the same exact power Did they forget this? (laughs) Uh, Because that's exactly what's going on here. Um, In this episode, Lana and Lex flirt. They kiss a little bit and Clark discovers them kissing and Lana eventually tells Clark about it. Um, Graham, in this episode, is the invisible man. He sends Clark a bunch of high-tech gizmos as a thank you gift for saving his life and even drops in on Lois when she's working out at the Kent house. She doesn't even think to ask Who let him in? He's just inside their house, and she just talks to him like it's normal. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. I don't know. Apparently, the Kents are warm and welcoming, but apparently they just let anybody with unannounced access to the house, which is weird given the fact that Clark has powers and uses it all the time in the house. just just, Just a little thought episode 21 is called oracle this is the penultimate episode uh i call this one the one with jonathan's ghostly doppelganger basically the ghost of jonathan appears to both to clark and martha and he says you need to kill lionel luther because the whole world is at stake it's not actually jonathan it is brainiac because brainiac can shapeshift um so lionel gets another message from jor he keeps getting these messages And he reveals the writings and the musings he's been forced to write down to Clark. that says Zod is coming. He also reveals that, yes, he's visited Jonathan on the night he died, but it wasn't a bad meeting, or it wasn't supposed to be, but Jonathan didn't give him time to explain. He just freaked out and started attacking him and eventually had the heart attack. As far as Lex and Lana's concerned, Lex has been working on this cure for all that can possibly Harm everything around him, otherwise known as um, the weapon. Uh, it turns out it was a ploy by Milton Fine, Brainiac, for an unknown purpose at this point. And Lex is infected with something that for some reason makes him heal really fast, as if he's Wolverine. Wrong universe, man. All right, let's go on to the last episode of the season. It's called Vessel 22. Episode 22, Vessel. I call this one the one with Zod's Vessel. So much stuff happens in this episode. So much. Again, should have been a two hour finale, but I guess they didn't have the budget for that kind of a thing at this point. Uh, but there's just so much happening. We have, we introduced Lex and Lana stuff. We have Brainiac stuff. We have the Clark and Chloe seasonal slash traditional kiss that happens every single year. They, it's almost like they, they were running out of time. They needed something to happen. Uh, Clark protects her from a car running into the Daily Planet. And she's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see you again. And she gives him a kiss. Uh, we have Martha and Lois at the end of the episode. They are in a plane, losing pressure and consciousness because they're losing air. Uh, we have Lionel and Chloe at the end of the episode who are both attacked in the limo. And Chloe is taken out of the limo by force. And at the very end, Lana joins Zod slash Lex, uh, as they are a couple now, I guess. And, uh, we have, uh, Clark versus Super Lex, which is fun. But the main idea of this, uh, last episode is that Lex is completely taken over by Zod. For the first time, Zod's on the show. And, uh... It's really cool to see this transformation because you're thinking, how is Lex going to return because they say uh, that he's dead and this is his new persona? Maybe Lex is evil because he's Zod in in real life. Maybe that's how Smallville's going to spin it, which it's not true. But it's just really cool. This entire episode was so, so memorable. I I remember I used it as a... uh, as content for a music video. Well, not really a music video uh, because I used um, thematic trailer music instead of, like, pop music. And I posted that to YouTube. It, it, at, at the time, was one of my most viewed videos on YouTube um, because it's just so, so thrilling and so tense of an episode, and I love it to death. And by the end of the episode, you have Clark just getting sent into the the galaxy, into the universe being stuck in the Phantom Zone. It's just one of those episodes that ends on one of the bigger cliffhangers of the series. Love it. Great episode, great episode. Overall, pretty decent season because you have to think about it. This is the fifth season of the show. When it's airing on TV, it's the first time they're even mentioning Zod and you're like holy crap. Zod is other than Lex, Zod is Superman's arch nemesis and it's even worse because it's his equal because he's got every power that clark has this isn't zod's uh season though we don't see that till later but this it was a very tense uh season especially with uh, a little bit of lex's descent in there but I would say, for the most part, knowing how the series turns out, it's more of a gateway for the rest of the series than anything else. It's more of hints as to what's to come than anything else. So it doesn't feel like a full, full season as much as some other seasons do. It's just fun. I would say it's just fun. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's it for this episode. Make sure that you tune in next week because we're going to be talking about season six which is a whole lot of fun so make sure you tune into that and uh, remember if you like what you hear there's plenty more to come uh subscribe uh like it review it tell your friends about it because who knows what we're going to talk about after we talk about smallville talk about your favorite show so make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you guys next week peace out have a good one Thank you for listening to the Smaller on the Outside, the first, the best, and the only small of a podcast that you just can't miss. To learn more about the podcast or to listen to older episodes of the podcast, head over to sotocast.weebly.com.